You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Funny? Uh, I mean, what's funny is Maryland thinks it's good at basketball, and it is not good at basketball. No, no. If you're uh, if you're playing worse than Michigan basketball, then you're not very good at basketball. <laughs> I mean, how do you only have four points with seven minutes left? In the first, In the first half? Yeah. I, I don't know. I wasn't, I haven't been paying attention to the game. I... I would like that team to prove to me that they're worth watching and then I'll start like actually paying attention. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I have not a clue in the world. <laughs> I mean, they, they, here's the crazy part is that they, they only, they've only turned the ball over five times. They've just missed six, seven. They're one for 17. They've missed, they've just missed 16 shots. Michigan's playing really good defense i don't think michigan has the ability to make play really good defense i don't think so either so it's just that they're missing shots (laughs) yeah Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast, a semifinals version of the Touchline Media Group because, uh, well, we got through New Year's Eve and um, we know who the national championship game is between. Uh, I am your host, Asa, aka The Twig. Um, my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, uh, aka The Stump, is currently in the... Uh, wilds of the canadian rockies um we we believe that he's trying to find out where he came from um uh yes the, the wilds of veil of of yeah sure sure i was doing a wolverine thing but uh but yeah 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 no i, I got you uh, i understand <laughs> i uh but you called it wild and there's nothing wild about veil no, no. he's at veil right 
Am I, am I, I wrong about that? I, I have no idea where he is. I know that he's okay. skiing. No, skiing. Okay. Um, wild skiing. Wild skiing. This, brought, this, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Wire decides to put in, um, Paramount Plus, and, um, you know, we're still hoping for swoveralls. We'll, we'll stay on that until something changes. Um, the voice you have already heard is my, uh, uh, panelist, guest, friend, uh, Angus. Um, and, uh, I gotta say, Angus, uh, not great. Yeah. I mean, like, let's, before we start, um, let's at least acknowledge that that was, uh, that was most definitely the best Michigan season second best Michigan season of our, of our lifetimes. And uh, probably the first best season that we were like actually conscious for. Uh, Cause I don't know about you, but like, I didn't know very much about football in 1997. So uh, no, no yeah. I did not. My, my, my first year that I really remember anything happening was actually the, the year after 1998. Yeah. I'm still like, I like, yeah, I obviously like, watched football but I you know being seven years old and all I uh definitely did not appreciate what was happening at the time so um but yeah I know it's it's still fun to say that Scott Frost is terrible uh because he is still terrible and he's a whiny whiny man Um, you you understand he's going to absolutely end up at Nick Saban's home for uh, oh yeah. who want to read good and learn to do other things good too and uh, absolutely Alabama. and then he's going to become the next coach of texas after stark gets fired uh <laughs> sure yeah no, no 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 notes that's that that all that all checks out yeah um but they're going to be very scary with a coach who wants to run actual offense rather than whatever yeah. the hell bill o'brien's doing yeah no for sure absolutely um, um but yeah but- i mean look it, the 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 year that was for Michigan was absolutely a success by any sort of normal metric. His first year, probably since two thousand four, that they've beaten all three of their big instant in their Big Ten rivals. Correct. Is that right? Uh, who's the third rival? Penn I mean, I, I include Penn State. Yeah, I mean, like, oh. it's in order to have a, a truly like historically successful year, you have to beat all three. Yes, that is like 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 whether that's Michigan, Michigan State, or or Ohio State, right? Like yeah, or Penn State, yeah. right? Like you yeah. got to beat those teams. Um, and and this is the first time Michigan's done that probably since. Yeah, I mean, I I I wouldn't know the last time it happened. Um, uh, I I don't I don't know either. That's that's probably probably accurate. Um. We didn't. I don't think we beat Penn State when we beat Ohio State in 2011 or whatever. You didn't beat um, Michigan State, so Michigan it doesn't State. matter. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't beat Michigan State that year. Um, what, are, what What are we cooking, by the way? Oh, uh, vegetable korma. Veg veggie korma, very good. Yeah, very it's good. Going to be going to be uh, going to be delicious. I uh, hi- would highly recommend. Um, it's a uh, it's it's all it's all twigs uh it's all twigs friendly so oh very twigs. nice yeah um, um but yeah that's, that is what I'm cooking apologies for the uh the noise this no is recipe that takes takes some time and some patience so you know that's why I'm doing that now right um, okay so the uh, the answer to the question is actually um 2000 and 2000 the the 2000. last time Michigan beat Michigan beat Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State all in the same year. 
was 2000 wow. because they didn't play Penn State in 2003 or 2004. Wow. That's yeah. uh, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty wild. That is um, a, a wild stat. Wild stat. Yeah. So like by any, any, any stretch of the imagination, like absolutely successful year, have no complaints except for, except for the final one. Um, I've been doing a lot of complaining in the chat about, you know, refereeing and whatnot, but I mean, let's, let's be clear here. Uh, that was a, uh, that was one of not, not, it, it was definitely one of Harbaugh's like not great moments as a coach. Um, I mean, I, I, not necessarily on him because he's technically not calling the plays. At least that's what he says. Um, but you know, there's, that was the first half game plan to me did not make a whole lot of sense. Um, I mean, like the way that you beat that defense is by getting your quarterback running. That doesn't mean that he has to run every play, but like the threat has to be there. And they didn't utilize JJ's legs until the, until the second half. And guess what happened in the second half? Uh, it started opening up and they started scoring points. So that is complaint number one. Uh, complaint number two is uh, the fourth down call on the first drive of the game. That was weird and stupid. Um, I don't, did you did you watch the uh, the highlights yet of the game? I know you missed the first half. I, I actually um, I actually watched the entire thing on uh, on um, recorded because my wife uh, went to bed at uh, nine thirty last night because uh, oh. New Year's New Year's in the uh, in the Smith household is nine p.m. Yes, that is that is accurate. Um, uh, yeah, so that I don't know what you think about that play call, but I uh, objectively stupid. Uh- <laughs> I mean, here's 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 the way that I'm going to put it, and I was going to let you sort of go, but but I think that this is very clear. If you have the Joe Moore best offensive line in the country, use it, and you have two yards to get, and you don't run a dive, you have to give back the award. Those are the rules. <laughs> Those are the rules. Like I, I I don't know what to tell you. Th- those yeah. are the rules. Like, and look, like if if you if you're like, okay, well, we can't run inside zone because of the like the weirdness about TCU's defense, and I don't know that I want to get into like the scheme think, and tactics of what they're no, doing. Um, I it's, do that. Yeah. Okay. Inside zone's not going to work. It's just not. So, well, what, it's not going to work until you until you show off your QB's legs, which uh, they weren't doing. I actually would argue that that even inside zone with like a with a with a run tag probably wouldn't really work all that well. Do you know what would work really well? Gap schemes, power. Yep. Counter. Yep. Which Dash. is what we do too. We do that. Like like I I I haven't watched it like you know play by play looking to see what it is. I can't remember in the first half Michigan running ISO duo gap. Like I I don't remember I, them just moving people. And I, I I'm not like trained enough to know. Like I can't tell the difference between different one plays to be honest. Um, so I can't I can't tell you like what they were doing, yeah. but like. I can usually tell when it's inside zone versus versus like a power play because that's yeah. not that hard to to tell. Right. But yeah. Um and so but 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 my point is is that there are a, Jim Harbaugh going back to Stanford, but certainly since he's been at Michigan, um has been notable oh. for having a diverse run game, right? Yes. Like to yep. the point almost to the point where in certain years there's too much and he has to scale it back by midseason. 
Um, I, I, I want to say it was like eight, 2018 or 19, like mid. It was 19 because like the, the offensive line, like could not pick up what he was doing. And then and they, they just like all decided, power and right. Yeah. Was just and then they like all of a sudden start doing whatever. really well. Yeah. Yeah. And so the fact that you went that entire first half with like a pretty standard, straightforward game plan, I'm going to give you a hot take here. And it's, and it's uh, a crazy hot take. Um, and I'm not even sure it, I believe it. Is it hotter than this like vegetable korma I'm cooking up here? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, this boy. is, this is, this is above Cayenne, but above Cayenne below ghost uh, in the pepper scale. All right. What's that called? Scoville? Whatever, I don't whatever know what the, you're talking uh, about. <laughs> there's a there's a way to measure like uh, spiciness. Um, I, I oh yeah. Say, I don't know. Anyways, um, I think that Harbaugh was holding things back for the game against Georgia. I think that he looked at this game and said, "We can run essentially base." And mid and and in the second half, obviously, um, that was not the case. Um, you know, we'll talk about the defense in a second, but I think that Sharon Moore, Matt Weiss, and Jim Harbaugh came into this game and said, we can bully them. We can lean on them. We can run our three running plays and our two pass plays, and we'll be fine. And I think that TCU, with their, you know, we, we talked about this in, in our group chat a little bit, about what are their linebackers. And Stumpy said, you know, they're fast and they're quick and they, you know, whatever. And you were like, no, they're 240, 245 pounds. Yeah. Well, but they they, both. Well, they were like that both. works. That, yeah. I, they're not. Like, yeah. Obviously like they're athletic. They're not that athletic. They're just no, really, no, really responsible. And TCU's defense is all about, uh, is all about being aggressive. Can, so, I, can I give you an irony here? Sure. This is an example of the three, three, five working against the big 10 guys. <laughs> this is how oh. it would work against the big 10. Hypothetically. Here comes USC. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I'm, I'm saying like, like, like if you go back to like, to, to, to Rich Rod, like this is how it would work. But like, the thing yeah. is, is that TCU in the first half made one mistake as far as I can remember defensively. Um, I and it was the Edwards first run. play of the game. Yeah, yeah. The first play of the game. They, yeah. they, they got their, their, the, the strong safety or the play side safety. I don't know if he was strong, but play side safety got in the wrong gap. And, yep. and there you go. 50 yards. Yep. Um, but the rest of the first half, they were, they were really, really gap responsible and Michigan's offense. I mean, look, Michigan has had str- struggles scoring in the red zone all year. Right. And yeah. and you can get into like the way you lose is a micro, like the way your season ends is a microcosm of how your season went. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Michigan State lost because when push came to shove, their their coaches and their players were just not good enough, right? To to yeah. win a game that they needed to win. Um, yeah. For Michigan, they lost because JJ. I mean, like the whole the whole year, the whole year, we've been talking about can JJ win you a game? Well, and he oh. did. Like he, he, in he this did. game, he well, okay, he won and he lost it. Like the thing is, is that. I, 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 you know, will, will troll you for weeks, if not months about the fact that Cade McNamara probably doesn't throw two pick sixes. Um, yeah, but, but he also like doesn't certain, make the yeah, other plays. Obviously, obviously there were a <laughs> yeah. couple of throws that JJ McCarthy made that are very, very difficult to make. Um, the, the, a couple One of, of Ronnie Bell throws. against, or for Loveland, 
uh, yeah. where McDonald was just like, I don't know how the ball got there. <laughs> I, I, I had it on mute because again, my wife was asleep, yeah. but um, yeah. the most impressive throw I thought he had is he had one again to, to Ronnie Bell up the right hash. Um, I, I, it was like right over the, the defender, but he didn't have to like adjust or anything. It was a perfect throw um, that, that Cade back to Merritt does not make. Um, but the, the thing is with this Michigan team and this game, especially, especially offense, like you're, you're right that that fourth down call was itself a microcosm of the, the situation because first things first run the ball. Like this is your whole identity. Even if you lose, even if you lose that play, you've got them pinned back on what the two, the one at worst. Yeah. That's also like, that's the math. Like that is like the Ravens math. Like you're going to give up the field position that like the reason that you're going for it on fourth down is number one, you want the points, but number two, if you don't, don't get the points, they're pinned on the two. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. fine. Yeah. Make them go 98 yards. Fine. They're probably yeah. not going to, but, but instead what you did was you gave them the ball at the 15th. Right. You know, and then, you know, obviously they didn't score on that drive, but um, the whole thing was sort of, I, I don't, I, it was confusing. I'll say that it was a yeah. confusing decision. And I think that the game plan was confusing. Yeah, um, the game, the, the first half, the first yes. half game plan first was half game. first half game plan was incredibly confusing. Um, um, yeah. And then I guess like, let's talk about the, the defense, um, which I, I, so I was saying during the game that I thought that Sonny Dykes had, had Minter downloaded. Um, and then Minter, who usually like makes really good adjustments in the in the second half, his adjustment was to get aggressive. And guess what doesn't work against Max Duggan getting aggressive. So I think um, I, he he didn't get stumped all year. So like I think he's still really really good. And obviously like you know we will keep him <laughs> if but, he wants to stick around. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he will. I, I, don't, I can't, I, yeah, I can't well, see him. I mean, having... maybe, maybe he wants to go to Denver. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, no, I, I thought Minter, Minter, Minter has not gotten out Fox to this year. No. Um, and he did this. Well, kind of, uh, like, I mean, I, I, I still think that like those two all out blitz calls, that was weird and kind of stupid. Uh, cause so, if you know anything about Michigan football and Michigan football history, it's that we don't like cover zero anymore or cover one, <laughs> I mean, especially against like incredibly athletic receivers. Yeah. So, I mean like that, that right there, that's like a, the difference between like playing the game and playing the, the, the narrative, right? Like he was playing yeah. the game, yeah, um, yeah, he was playing the but game. the, 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 in both of the, the zero blitzes, right. That he, that he called that went for long touchdowns, um, mm-hmm. They both did what they were supposed to do, and they both got the situation that you sort of expected. And if in either situation, um, a player makes a play, and look, like you can you you, you can talk about sort of X's and O's all you want, but it, wh- who was it out there? Was it DJ Turner or Macari? DJ Turner missed the missed the tackle yeah. on Johnson, okay. which like yeah, he he makes uh, that tackle eight times out of ten. Uh, seven times. Out Johnson of 10, Johnson had him beat though. Like sure, okay, sure, so he but missed he still the was tackle. No, 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 no. It wasn't a shoestring tackle. It was, it was there. I mean, look, like it's a, it's a difficult play that you expect a guy to make. Yeah. 
And and look, like the 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 better thing would have been not to allow the ball to get out from Max Duggan. But yeah. you know, look, sometimes you get a zero blitz and they're running crossers, and that is difficult to deal with, right? Yeah. Had they had they called something else, who knows? But I think I think that in this situation and in this game, um, Minter needed to do something. And what was really killing them in the first half, I mean, killing them, you know, in quotes, because they gave up 14 points. Um, yeah, the other you know, not, not including the pick six, yeah. um, you know, is is that Duggan had time, right? Like the most the, the there were a couple of times where they only brought three because that's technically the way that you're supposed to beat the. Yeah, right. right. You you, you right. rush three, you drop eight, and you say to your defensive lineman, "You're all really good. Go make a play." Right. He was getting time. TCU's offensive line. I want to say, like, if you want to talk about the thing that I was most impressed about in this game across all teams, it was the fact that TCU's offensive line was better than Michigan's defensive line, which I did not expect. Yeah, I didn't think there was. I didn't shoot. expect that either. Yeah, and they 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 beat them. Like like at every at, at every stage of the game, they beat Michigan's defensive line. Um, and that, I don't think that that's happened this year. Um, no, it hasn't. I can't think of a game in which it was even close. No. Maryland sort of for a little bit, but not really. And that was also um, early in the season. Yeah. So, so like, I, I think that you look at this and you say, Michigan made certain assumptions <laughs> about the way that this game could or should have gone. And they were dead ass wrong about it. Um, yeah, and also like this is kind of how they prepared all year. They like we talked about how um, Michigan all year would not respect opponents, and it would be close for about a half, and then they'd adjust, and then they'd move on because they were all year they were preparing for Ohio State, right? Yeah. Um, and what probably happened here, like you said, is they didn't fully respect the opponent, which is crazy insane. because insane because we're in the playoff we're in the playoffs um and they're preparing for georgia yeah. um so i mean i don't know i don't think harbaugh would make that mistake again but i well the thing before. is is that that you know i, I don't want to get into the full post-mortem yet but you're not going to get a better shot than this um, um anybody no, no, I'm not saying Michigan won't be better than this. They they absolutely could be better next year. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, next year, though, they will probably be better um, than this year. I mean, they lose probably the most important player on their offense, as far as I'm concerned. Um, he might not go. Oluwatami? Oh, Oluwatami. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. no, no. I, I think losing Oluwatami is a huge issue. Uh, CEG, the year after, um, what was his name? David, David... Morse? David Mulk. David Mulk. The year after that. Just like see that for what happens when you go from elite center to not elite center. Um, yeah. But but in terms of sort of what next year looks like, I mean, I think Michigan absolutely could be better next year. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I think that defensively, you don't lose that much, right? You lose Morris, but Jenkins is coming back. Yeah. Um, um, and then all the all the freshman D tackles, especially uh, Mason Graham, who like by all intents and purposes is like going to be a stud next year. Yeah. Um, he'll obviously he'll be back. Will Johnson is like, yeah, he, he uh, worked himself into being a starter by, by that game. Yeah. And he's like on the, I mean, it's hard to call anyone Woodson, but like on the Woodson path. Um, so. How about the Jordan Lewis path? Is that better? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I can go with that. Um, 
but I, I, I think like the, the thing is, is that like, even if you're a better team next year, so what you, you are next year, if you get to the playoff, it's not going to be against the second best team in the big 12. No. Right. Like it, you're not going to get face the only team in the history of the college football championship who's made the championship game without a blue chip ratio of above 50. Um, this has never happened before. Like TCU is, is doing something that has literally never happened before. Yeah. Um, in, in the 10 years we've had the college football playoff, or if you want to be more realistic in the 25 years, since we, we got the BCS, yeah. um, this has never happened before. And look, I, I think that part of it is the transfer portal. If I'm being honest, I think that yeah. like, they don't know how to assess transfers yet. So you have to like sort of deal with that. But I think that you could theoretically build a team. I mean, you, you, you have built a team that is basically elite quarterback, high level transfers go from there. Um, you know, so I, I, I mean, you look at it and you say, is Michigan going to have a chance like this again? Probably not. Is Michigan going to be better next year? Yeah, probably. But I don't think that Ohio state is just going to be like happy to lose three in a row. Um, Penn state, I think is going to get better at the quarterback position next year, which is a crazy thing to say, given that Sean Clifford is 85 years old. Um, Drew Allard is very good. Sure. And Nicholas is better than like sixth year Sean yes. Clifford. Yeah, I think I think sophomore Drew Allar is better than than sixth year Sean Clifford. Um, okay. But I mean, look, it's not like a guarantee. I'm not saying like that's for sure going to happen. I'm just saying that like the the things that you sort of got this year are not promised next year. And this is a big big miss for Harbaugh. Um, not that he needs to justify anything to anybody because I think we're past that. Um, yeah. I think that that by anybody's definition, the Harbaugh era has been a success, right? Like, I, I don't think that's up for debate anymore. Yeah, I mean, he's like, this is the healthiest the program has been since Gary Miller. Um, I mean, I would say Lloyd Carr, but like, I, I, you've heard me talk about my suspicions of like how healthy the program was under Lloyd Carr. I mean, you can say you can say it's the healthiest the program's been since uh, the summer of two thousand six. Yeah, sure. Um, which again, like that's a really long time to, to to get there. I mean, Michigan is, although I will say that they this last recruiting class, the 2013 or the 2023, the one that just signed, yeah. um, transfers are really impressive, but the high school recruits are not. Um, yeah, for, for a, a team, confluence of factors, a, a lot of reasons. I'm not, you know, I'm not assigning blame or fault. I'm just saying that, like, oh no, you, you can would, assign fault, like. The fault is that Harbaugh has not been strong enough in saying I'm not going back to the NFL ever um, because he's going to, but it's, he's probably not going to this year. I I don't see him bringing in the amount of transfers he brought in to not run it back one more time with JJ. Um, We saw it with, with Andrew Luck. Like he's, he's willing to ride a generational quarterback um, whether JJ is or is not. Yeah. I think he'll ride it through JJ and maybe if he gets some, Jaden Davis. I'd, um, I I think I think Jaden Davis is is going to if Jaden Davis commits, he knows he's committing to the to the school, not to the coach. He has yeah, to know that. We'll see. Um, because he, I mean, I, Harbaugh. There's no way Harbaugh stays another what four five five years, six years. Uh, it's a. I mean, we talk about personal narrative all the time. It depends on what he thinks his narrative is. At this I point, mean, at this at this point, he's best Michigan coach of all time who never won a or second best Michigan coach of all time who never won a national championship. Yeah. Like, and that, it depends on if he wants that to be 
his narrative or if he wants to. I don't, I mean, look, like trying to win a national championship outside of the schools that can win a national championship is incredibly hard. And, you know, he caught fire two years in a row. That's really great. It's really hard to maintain that. And it's really hard to run it back. Um, you know, because the fact is, is that in your division, Ohio State out recruits you every year. That's not a question. Um, mm-hmm. And Penn State is more or less on par. Now, you know, Michigan State is what it is, you know, especially at this stage of the sort of the Mel Tucker rebuilding era. Um, but, you know, you've got two teams in your own division who are very difficult to deal with. Um, the only team that I can think of in the modern era who's dealt with two two like elite-ish recruiting teams in their own division and been successful for a long period is Bama. I mean, Georgia doesn't have to deal with shit. They've got, yeah. they've got a, what, a plucky Tennessee. That's it, right? Yeah. Florida sucks. Uh, Kentucky, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. Like, it's, the, the SEC East is bad. Yeah. So, so it's easier for, for, for Georgia to be successful um, than it would be for Michigan, who has to deal with two elite recruiting teams and one fairly large pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, you know, regardless of talent, Michigan State is always going to be a thorn in Michigan's side. It's sort of the way it works. Um, I don't know if Michigan like recruits against Penn State that often. They it's do. Like it's Penn State. Penn State gets like four or five kids from Detroit every three years. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. They they like I think two years ago, they came into Detroit and got like three kids that both Michigan and Michigan State wanted. Um, yeah. But you're you're right that most but but now that that Harbaugh is obsessed with recruiting DMV, they recruit against each other all the time. Yeah, um, because that's that's where Penn State lives. Um, in in that sort of area, so I think in terms of sort of like before we get into sort of like the larger post mortem of the season, which we're going to do uh, at the end of the other side of the break, I think just looking at this game, like you can have both of the thoughts in your mind um, that a, this is the most successful season and the healthiest that the program's been in 20 years, mm-hmm. uh, 25, not, not 25, but certainly 20, um, 2003, mm-hmm. you know, you could argue that that Rose bowl team was as successful as this one um, yeah. from a, you know, from a sort of whatever narrative perspective or, or, or whatever. But like you said, you know, this is as healthy as the program's been in a very, very long time. Um, you can hold that very reasonable thought in your head while also saying that Harbaugh just missed his best chance to win a national championship. Not his last chance, not his only chance, but his best chance. Um, so also, like, I think we also need to talk about that um, the playoff is changing. Yeah, um, and making it harder. Kind of. like. Well, look at I, it this way. It could be harder, but it could also be like kind of like basketball where – you may get an easy path, you, right? You, you might get Loyola Chicago. Um, yeah, yeah you, you might be like one of Beeline's Final Four teams. Like, it's not, it's not unreasonable to think lucky. that. Yeah, he, well, that with that time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, was that was that the same year as the Houston shot? Yes. Okay. Yes. My so, so, personal so favorite in, Michigan plays of all time. In my head, that like all of the bullshit March luck actually happened in one year. Um, uh, but it's possible, but I, I think it's also unlikely because the top four, because let, let's say Michigan. Yeah. I mean, I guess if Michigan wins the big 10, you're, you've got to buy 
then you've got to play a team maybe maybe Tulane beats USC or whatever. Yeah. And then and then suddenly, you know, you've got to beat Tulane to get to the title game. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. That's fine. Um so but, it's not like it's not his last obviously it's not his last shot. No. Uh and it we can say obviously because like we don't know the future like yeah, that was probably his best shot at getting to the title game or winning it also because Georgia seems like they're pretty vulnerable. Um, but it's not his last shot and he could still get another really good shot. So. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, but you, you, you also, I mean, this, this sort of reminds me of um, to that. I, I, again, I can't compare Michigan to Michigan state football because of narratives and sort of program strength and whatever, but Michigan state basketball is 2014. Um, where you lose a game against a team you shouldn't because you do stupid shit and they go supernova. And you say to yourself years later, which is what I'm doing right now, that was it. That was the team. And I don't know if this is, if it, you know, I have the benefit of eight years of hindsight for that. Um, But in in the moment you say to yourself, damn it, that was it. That was the one. Um, And, and I think that that's possible that that's what this is for Michigan, but um, do you know what what you don't have to look back on with sort of disdain and, and unhappiness about? Tell me. Purchasing Paramount Plus. Hey, everybody. Uh, is this a recorded ad read? It is. You have... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> do it again. No, just keep going. Just keep going. UEFA Champions League Soccer is streaming on Paramount Plus. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams, you'll note not Arsenal, and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title, no, against Liverpool, no, Man City, yeah, probably, Chelsea, no, PSG, come on. Barcelona, now you guys are clearly just messing with us, and more, fired in soccer's biggest <laughs> club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage Boys. time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, we'll also note that you can watch Europa League and Conference League on, on Paramount Plus, but they're not going to advertise for that. Golazo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so um, before we get to uh, sort of our collective postmortem of the season, um, as it were, um, I do want to point out that um, Ohio State lost in one of the most gruesome fashions possible. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so we're laughing about that, right? Uh, yeah, why wouldn't we? We laugh about know. everything. <laughs> what, that what, was, the, 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 that there was few awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, so, so I watched, so I was watching that game, um, 
you know, and, and again, Pacific time. So it was like 8.55. And that game has like 39 seconds left. And, and uh, the wife was like, hey, can we can we watch the ball drop? And I was like, no. yes, 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 we can. <laughs> I'm going to watch this on my phone, though. She was like, can you just like pay attention to the ball when it's dropping? I was like, yeah, sure. Because at that point, I was like, okay, it's fine. Like, it, there's no way it matches uh, up boat. perfectly. Same boat. There's no <laughs> way it matches up perfectly. And it matched up perfectly. Um, yeah. And I, I got to tell you, um, I feel really bad for Noah Ruckles because he's a really good yeah. kicker. He's yeah. a really, really good kicker. And that sucks. That, that, so it wasn't touched at all, right? No, no, he just hooked it. It was, that was such a bad kick. Like he's like one of the best kickers, like outside of Jake Moody, like one of the best kickers yeah. in the country. No, no, he's, um, he's an absolutely an elite kicker. Um, yeah, it just sucks. Like he, yes. he, I, so, so apparently I, I, I saw this like sort of after the fact. Um, but basically the, uh, the understanding is, is that this dude is automatic from 45 and in and abject outside of 45. And right. they had him at like 49 or whatever. Was, I think it was 50. 50. And yes. remember what they did on their last two plays. Nothing. Uh, they did nothing, nothing. because. Ohio State doesn't have any short yardage plays in that playbook. They, but but see, that's the point is that you got to know like know what you're dealing with. And I got to tell you, if I'm Ohio State and I know my kicker and I know my situation, I am absolutely, absolutely trying to score a touchdown. <laughs> like you have CJ Stroud, tell him not to throw a pick. I mean, also like. Get Marvin Harrison the ball and like at least get it closer. I... <laughs> well, Ma- Marvin Har- Marvin Harrison was out at that point. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He 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 had a. I I don't know how closely you watched that game, but he had a bad I didn't. concussion. Oh really? Yeah, really, really bad concussion. Um. So so he he was not in the game, but like, you know, I think I think that there's a lot of ways that you can sort of create a situation in which you're you're better off and they sort of lost the opportunity. I do want to say that CJ Stroud is very, very good at quarterback. Um, and that's probably worth mentioning um, right. because he's gone. I, I, I don't know who, who's taking over from him. Do you know? I have no idea. Probably Let's some look. five-star. Yeah. Actually, CJ Stroud it. was a four-star, right? Uh, CJ Stroud was going to Michigan State until Ohio State offered. Oh, Ohio State has more money than Michigan State. Matt Mishpia is upset. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this was a couple of years ago, and and the the bat it, it it was one of those things where it was like um, Michigan State like thought they had a diamond in the rough. This was this was four years ago. I guess this would have been the year after Peyton Thorne, so Noah Kim, um, and uh, and like they thought they had him, and then he was like, uh, nope, going to OSU, and they were like, shit. Yep. Um, so, uh, you yeah, know, I mean, I don't, I don't know who, who the next guy is. I'm sure they can find someone, but it was supposed to be Quinn Ewers and he's, um, elsewhere. Also um, bad at football. Uh, he's had his moments. Um, yeah. but so, so just sort of looking back on this season from, from a big time perspective, I understand that, um, I understand that, that Penn state plays, uh, today, by the time you're listening to it, I will be at that game. Um, fun. Should be fun. yeah, I'm excited. Um, I really like going to bowl games where I don't care, especially at the Rose Bowl. Um, so I, I think that like looking back on this season, 
Um, it was an interesting year because there were two really, really good teams, and that was about it. Um, Penn State was also good. Um, no, I'm not talking about the Big Ten. I'm, t- I'm talking about oh. like, the country. Oh, the country, yeah. And it was like at, throughout the year, like it very much felt to me, and I, I don't know about for you, but to me, by about midway through the season, when it became clear that Michigan running over people was not um, just a function of, who, of them not playing anybody, but was like they're actually good. Yeah. It was just winner of Michigan, Ohio State versus Georgia. You know, and, and there was that like whole like, oh, is Tennessee for real? They weren't. And also they lost their quarterback. Um, or, you know, is, is Oregon going to get another shot at Georgia or is USC good? But really for me, and TCU was undefeated, but at, to this, to this moment, I mean, they just beat Michigan and I still look at them and say, eh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're good. Uh, um, but ultimately I, I think that like, uh, I think that, you know, so I don't, ten- I don't agree with the Tennessee thing because I think with Hendon Hooker, um like they were still a really really good team um that I mean unfortunately he got hurt and then also I think I think Georgia caught them in a situation like with the weather where it just like how are you going to air raid someone when it's pouring rain like you're just not right yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then by the time it stopped raining like it like the game was over and and then and Hennon Hooker could like do absolutely nothing about it. So yeah, yeah I, I still think the Tennessee was very, very good. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. I, I, I will say, oh, that's interesting. I just got uh, sent apparently yesterday during, just after the Michigan game, uh, Michigan State's new, uh, like he, he just transferred to Michigan State from Texas A&M. He tweeted out the day of the Michigan-Michigan State game next uh, next year. That's interesting. Let's poke bears. Sounds good. Love it. Love it. Love it. Shout out Hunter Dickinson. What's the score of that game, by the way? Uh, I haven't checked in a while. I'm currently staring at a pot of vegetable korma. Oh, um, right. I, I forgot that you're, you're doing something else. Let's see. Um, dear listener, I know that this is the most interesting way we can go about this. Michigan is winning by 30. Wow. 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 Man. Howard giving me renewed hope. Yeah. Well. Or, or not. I don't know. Um, yeah. so let's, let's talk about the lions actually, because something good happened today. Oh yeah. They won. Um, yeah, they won. Uh, what's, and I think, I think the Packers are winning right now. Um, as we speak. So yeah. the fun news is, is that next week, yeah, Packers are up 24 to three next week's game, uh, for the lions to get into the playoffs is you got to go to Lambeau and beat the Packers. Ugh. Nope. <laughs> Does that sound like fun to you? No, it doesn't. I hate that. It gives me a lot of like high school anxiety. I'm not doing that. Um, they have uh, Green Bay as minus three right now, and I got to tell you, that is not enough. No, no, that is not enough. <laughs> that is not actually no. That's enough. that's the perfect amount, and you know why? Because it's going to come down to a field goal that the Lions are going to miss. That would that would check out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I got to tell you, like I I have a lot of faith in Dan Campbell right now. Yeah. Like I I think like a big part of being a lions coach is making your team believe that they don't suck out loud. And very clearly this team believes that it does not suck out loud. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've what they've lost two games since September. No, that's not right. Since the middle of October. Um, 
what would like what in a, this is never going to happen in a hypothetical situation what would the lions now have to do in order to trade to get Bryce Young? Uh they need the Rams to lose a couple games. Okay. I hold All on, right. let me let me let me let me see the current situation, but <clears throat> as far as I'm aware standings league right now number 1 pick is Houston. So right now it goes Houston, Chicago, Denver, Arizona, Indianapolis, Rams. So we need the Rams to lose twice. Okay. Uh, and so they need to lose right, right now. They're playing and they are down at half. So they need to lose this game, lose another. And then they, we, we need a whole bunch of teams to win. Um, we're not getting Bryce Young and we're not getting CJ Stroud here. We don't want CJ Stroud. I mean, I want CJ Stroud. I think CJ Stroud is very good. I still don't think he's that good. I think he's good in his system yeah i mean well, there's something I guess to be it's said like an for NFL not, passing system but like i mean there's mm. something to be said for not taking an ohio state quarterback given the history of ohio state quarterbacks uh but anyways let's let's sort of talk about michigan and, and michigan state here because that's what we do best um sort of looking back on this season you know you just said like you know it's hard not to be happy with the situ the 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 season i've i've sort of i've had obviously a lot of time since michigan state season end to to sort You're of flipping the page to basketball season. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very. It's it's basketball season. I'm totally fine with it. Um, I'm going to be less less uh, strict about not talking about basketball on this podcast until and unless things go bad, at which point I will go back. Um, Michigan State uh, appears to be rounding into form. Uh, you know, Michigan uh, today aside, looked to, to to suck in basketball, so it was going to be fun. Um, next Saturday is going to be not so much fun now. So, you know, whatever. Um, the the interesting thing, though, about this Michigan State season, this sort of program where we're at, because we're in, in very different life cycles of our programs, right? Like Jim Harbaugh is fully matured in his program, right? Like the, he's figured out the way that he wants to run things, and that's the way it is. I think that largely Mel Tucker's still figuring it out. And you can tell that because right now, you you would think that he would be scrambling to find a new, you know, three assistant coaches, um, and he's Has not he fired anyone. Nope, no firings, no moving. I don't know. And what I'm okay. thinking, and that's sort of what is concerning to me, because I think that he is operating under a theory that is fundamentally unsound, and that is that he can run Michigan State as if it's Georgia. Um, nope. <laughs> or as if it's Alabama, right? And you you can't. And you can't and like at Alabama, they have one of my least favorite offensive play callers in the country and they won 11 games and won a Sugar Bowl, right? Like it didn't matter. Like like maybe maybe at the at the fringes of the two games that they lost against um Tennessee and, and LSU, Bill O'Brien made a difference, but ultimately they still won 11 games, right? They still have. I don't think the Alabama offensive coordinator has ever made a difference, except for maybe Wayne Kiffin. I mean, I think that they 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 make a difference on the fringes, right? Like it's it's on the games where it's a question of which there are maybe three a year. They make a difference, perhaps if the if the if the defense doesn't. And so at Michigan State, however, those games on the fringes are not three a year; they're nine a year, right? Yeah. 
like there are two games that you can sort of assume you can blow out your opponent, which is like the two buy games, you know. Well, it's a, it depends on what state the program is in because during the D'Antonio era for like four or five years, um, maybe less. It's possible it was less. Um, well, you know, because even, it didn't, even like, if a... th- didn't actually matter for most of those games because he just blew out opponents. D'Antonio very rarely blew out opponents. He, 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 he won a whole bunch of games by like 10. Um, and, but, but D'Antonio is a perfect example because D'Antonio was an example of we can win those games on the fringes every single time because of who we are as coaches. Um, yeah. And because of our defense and our running right. game. And, and that's, that, that to me is a lot on coaching, right? The defense specifically, because it's not like Michigan state was like swimming in talent. You know, look at how many of those guys were successful in the NFL. It's very, very few of them. Um, um, the cornerbacks and Le'Veon. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of it with, that was that. But, like, Michigan State's best team had a converted safety at running back. And, uh, you know, a three-star at quarterback. And, you know, a two-star and a three-star at, at, at corner. And the safeties were two four-stars. But, you know you sort of go through it and you're like, that's not all that impressive from a, from a talent perspective. Um, But this Michigan state team is losing games at the fringes, right? When I talk about nine, nine games, it's two games that you should blow out. And one game that you're never going to win realistically, which is the Ohio state game and everything else you can more or less say like, okay, if we scheme it up, right. And we do it right. We can probably compete in this game. Um, but I, I don't know how many times Michigan State has come into one of those games and just gotten the doors blown off, right? Like yeah. things that didn't happen under D'Antonio were games like losing to Minnesota 34 to 10, losing by, you know, 20 to, to Iowa or Illinois or whatever. I mean, they beat Illinois this year, but you understand what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so what you, what you sort of look at is you say, okay, this offense, this defense – are these the, the offenses and defenses that we really think can be successful in the Big Ten? I have a theory that midway through last year, Tucker took over the defense because midway through the season, they went from a 4-2-5 to a 4-3. And yeah. Hazleton is a 4-2-5 believer and Tucker is system agnostic. You know, he's run a three down, he's run a four down, he's run 4-2-5, he's run 4-3, he's run 3-4. Yeah, and that's um, what you want to be. Yeah, you can be multiple and that's great. Well, that's, but... that's, that's modern defense. Yeah. Um, and so I think that ultimately what happened there um, is, is that I think midway through the season, you know, he looked at his, his situation and he, and he just went back to a four, three. Um, so going into next year, you, you can look at it and you say, okay, there were a ton of injuries. Fine. It happens to everybody. That's not really an excuse. Um, but you say, all right, uh, at corner, you know, one of the two should be fine. At safety, you've got a whole bunch of freshmen who played it way too much this year, but now they're guys who played way too much as freshmen, not guys who are going to play way too much as sophomores. And you return a whole bunch elsewhere. So you say to yourself, like, can this defense just sort of get to bad, right? Instead of horrendous or get from bad to mediocre because the offense has sort of been fine, right? Like if if you think about like what's gone on, even, even this year where they weren't like great, they were fine which makes me think that Jay Johnson is not the problem. here. I mean, Peyton Thorne missed a ton of open throws and maybe he's not the guy. I, I think that, that that's a discussion that's going on right now. That's going to continue for a while. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't think I'm not as concerned about Michigan state as I should be coming off of a five and seven year. I mean, from a, from an outsider, what do you think? 
I mean, I think you should be concerned that he's not firing the coaches. I, I like that reminds me of like late era D'Antonio. That reminds me of I. Sorry to like keep making the comparison, but like that reminds me of Brady Hoke, uh, where like you just move the deck chairs around and then you assume everything's going to be fine, or like you take a coach who's not qualified and then you stick them at wide receivers and he's like hey coach the wide receivers and guess what the wide receivers are terrible actually was that cornerbacks secondary no it was the secondary it was cornerbacks um yeah yeah. so i like i i think we talk about this a lot uh that the number one job of head coach is that you're the ceo and you're really and your main job is to hire really good coaches and when you have a five and seven season and you don't look at it and you're like, I got to fire some people and bring in new talent, then um, I would be concerned. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, You know, I think that you, you look at sort of conceptually, like, is this, is this the program we want? And I think even a token firing would have been fine. Right. Like the, I mean, I think the special teams coordinator and linebackers coach Ross Ellison definitely needs to be fired. <clears throat> but, you know, even beyond that, I think that you look at it and you say, okay, um, the secondary has not been good. So there's a, you know, could you fire Har- Harlan Barnett? Yeah, sure. Could you fire Ross Ells? Absolutely. The, the, you know, the offensive line got better as the year went on. And I, I don't like judging offensive line coaches when they don't have offensive linemen. Um, and, and D'Antonio didn't recruit offensive linemen. Um, you know, the wide receivers coach, running backs coach, fine, whatever. Um, and the quarterbacks coach is the offensive coordinator. So I think like there are one to two guys who are very easy to fire. And I'm, I'm surprised that he hasn't is what I'll say. Um, you know, but Uh, yeah, I mean, and also like, I, I do think that this is like a crappy thing to do to people, but, um, I do think that Harbaugh's strategy of bringing in a guy as like a, as a analyst or something that he knows he's going to promote eventually that has also like really saved Michigan and something that like I think some other coaches should adopt. <laughs> like you bring in someone who you think is really smart and could be really helpful to your team eventually when you need to fire someone um, that helps with continuity too. Um, so I, I don't think, I don't think Tucker has done that and he should probably look into doing it because <laughs> that yeah. that's where Matt Weiss came from. Right. Um, well, well, he's, he's doing it right now and you, you're already seeing it at cornerbacks coach. So the, or secondary coach Harlan Barnett is the guy, but there's a, a guy whose first name, I, I, I don't know, but do heart. Um, yeah. and he's been like, he's the, he's the guy who like increasingly like so Michigan State has two 2024 four-star cornerbacks committed and both of them name checked this like random assistant you know analyst who's apparently very young and so like that he's doing it there but he's not doing it elsewhere which is important you're right yeah yeah so yeah I would I would be concerned and like if he doesn't actually make changes um if I were you I'd be like pretty pissed um because coordinators make as we've seen with James Franklin, who I don't think is like a very good tactical coach. Uh, he's obviously like pretty good at developing talent, uh, but he's, 
he's an amazing CEO. So, um, so yeah, I would keep an eye on that for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly something to be annoyed about, but, um, you know, this is also a, a time to be uh, optimistic. You know, it's a new year, yeah. new, new year, new year, new you, new year, new me. Uh, no, new year, same me. I, I, it's nothing's changed. I'm, I'm going to continue on with my bullshit. Um, but if you want to, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to cut this episode short because I've got shit to do today. Uh, it's New Year's Day. Taking an hour away from, from your family on New Year's Day to podcast is a difficult, uh, argument to make. So. Um, sure. If you would like to find uh, my co-host, uh, Angus, you can find him at Nerd Angus. Um, he tweets about stuff. You can find me at uh, Diamonds Esquire or at TLS TDS. Um, got some fun things planned for you in the next couple of weeks. Uh, keep an eye out. Um, thank you to our sponsors, Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Air Sides put in, Paramount Plus, and, uh, you know, like I said, Swope Rolls, hopefully. Uh, if you would like to find our Bible quote of the day, it's on Instagram. Follow us there. Um, we'll get that up and running shortly. Um Please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your local TCU supporter they're in a good mood. Uh, And obviously, dear listener, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much, and we will see you next time. Podcast Network.